Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Thank you for the word of God, the word of life. God, your word gives us life and it gives us life more abundantly. We thank you for hastening your word in this place to perform it on this morning. We thank you, Father God, for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, for giving us everything we need to do what you would have us to do. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that will never, ever, ever lose its power. God, we thank you for the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remissions of sin. And God's sin represented death. So we thank you that we have life and we have it more abundantly through Jesus Christ. Thank you that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you will, open your Bibles to Luke, St. Luke, the 19th chapter. And I'll be reading from verse 12 to verse 13. And I pray that our hearts are open and receptive to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto us this morning. I pray that all of us have prepared our hearts before God so when we come into the house of the Lord, we'll be ready to hear. We'll be ready to give attention to his word. The word of God now reads, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. And to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. You may be seated. The Lord had given me this word, and God, y'all, I don't know about you, but God is just so awesome. God does some things past our finding out, past our understanding, and when I rise in the morning, the Lord put a word right before me and I said, okay, God. And I heard him say, occupy till I come. He said, occupy till I come. And when the Lord bring a word into the house, he bring a word in the house for a reason, because sometimes the body of Christ can get out of alignment. They can get out of alignment. They can get out of assignment. And we want to make sure that we're in position to carry out what God wants us to carry out. See, dealing with Luke, and Luke, the first thing is his disciples, they thought that Jesus was going to Jerusalem to set up a kingdom. But Jesus was breaking it down to them to let them know, no, I'm not going to set up a kingdom. I'm not going to establish a kingdom. So he began to talk to them in parables. A parable is a earthly story that's um, giving you some heavenly information or heavenly things. So it's an earthly story giving you some heavenly insight. So what Jesus was telling them, he said a certain nobleman. Jesus was that certain nobleman. He said he went into a far country and he went into that far country to receive a kingdom. He said he's going to return. So what Jesus was talking about, he said, When my work is finished, now I want to talk about Jesus and his work because we have to talk about him first and foremost because when we talk about him, it's leading to us because we're supposed to be doing what Jesus done here on this earth. So Jesus was talking about him. God had sent Jesus to do a work on his behalf. And the work that Jesus had to do was to get rid of the sins of the world. 
He had to do away with these sins. And we knew, we know that Jesus is the only one that could do it because we couldn't do it because we were sinners. That's why the Bible said he who knew no sin became sin for us. So we could become the righteousness of God in him according to second Corinthians five twenty one. So when we look at what Jesus done, we have to understand why Jesus did it when we go back to Genesis. And I keep bringing this up over and over again because it began in Genesis when we know how God created things to be. Can you imagine God created things in a way that everything was so good? Everything he made, it was good. And at the end, it said it was very good. So it was nothing wrong with God creation. Everything that he spoke into existence that did not exist was good. It was very good. And after he finished creating, he took and put man into that garden that he had created. Everything was done. The only thing that man had to do was live in that garden obey what God told them to do with no sickness, no disease, no evil, no sin, because everything was good. God gave them everything that they needed to do what they needed to do in that garden. We see how God told them, don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When you eat from that tree, you will surely die. So I'm telling all of y'all today, some of us in this room are the majority. All of us know what's right and what's wrong. Because we have a conscience and some of us override our conscience because we want to have pleasure, sin for what? A season. We want to live in some type of pleasure, whether it's dealing with a man and a woman coming together, whether it's dealing with material things, whatever that pleasure may be. Some of y'all pleasure is Facebook. I'm going to say it again. Some people pleasure is Facebook because they feel like they need to be seen. They feel like they need to be heard. They feel like they need to be attached to. And some people will go on Facebook just to see what everybody else is doing and think that's what you need to be doing at this time. And that's a setup for the enemy. Because the more you scroll on Facebook, see, I have learned this. You got to choose your friends. You got to choose your friends, but you don't know who they chose as a friend. So their friends become your friends because you get to see what other people are doing that you haven't even selected. Do I have it right? So then you look on your page and you see some cursing. You see some nudity. You see, see, they know how to set up Facebook. Even though you're trying to keep a Christian audience, you getting the world in with that. Y'all don't get it. You get the world in with that Christian audience. You're trying to keep it clean, but the devil's still creeping. He's, he's at the door waiting to come in through somebody. And you already let him in when you thought you let a Christian in that was all right because they speak in tongues and because they come to church and because they say good things. You're thinking, oh, they're okay. They're acceptable. So you let them enter that door. And then the reputation And who you represent and what you standing for, people don't want to hear you because who you let through that door. When you look at what somebody else is doing, if you're not strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, you're going to think you got to copy what they're doing so people can see you, hear you and be attached. I know I'm talking right. It takes you out of a place with God and you cannot say. Well, you know, I'm just going up here and I'm not going to look. The devil is a lie. Because all of us got a little bit of nosy in us, even me. Hello, somebody. Who in here said ain't nosy? You're lying. So what I had to do and what I had to learn, even though I had a page set up on Facebook, I had to uh, say, wait a minute, Lord, I'm getting too nosy. Because when something pop up, the first thing pop up, you look at that. Next thing you know, you're looking at something else. So I had to go before the Lord and say, do I need this? When the Lord said, turn it off. The only thing I go up there to do now, as soon as it come up, I hit marketplace. I don't look at no other place. Because when you begin to look at any other place, you're going to be mad in that place. Because you're going to see Christians. That say that they know the Lord, but their page is tore up from the flow up. Yeah. 
So I had to shut the door. Y'all better hear me. I don't care how many scriptures you put up there now. If you ain't being led of the spirit with those scriptures, you need to stay off of Facebook. Facebook is a decoy for the enemy. Anything that's free has got something attached to it. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Anything that the man got to be how rich off a freebie. He's using your information. How do you think things pop up? You like, how did that get there? How, how did that get there? How do you know about a product I'm looking for for my hair? How do you know about the shoes I, I was looking for over there on Facebook? Some people try to make it so innocent. You can't try to justify something that's so wrong. Social platforms are put up for a reason. And if you don't hear the spirit and hear what he tell you, you're going to be entangled, I'm going to say, with a murder. Y'all don't know how policemen investigate. They search pages to see how well you knew this one, how well you knew that one. And all of a sudden, you sitting in court, tangled up in something. I know the Lord's speaking. We go on Facebook because we're lonely. We want somebody to tell us that we dropped a few pounds and we look good in a dress. That's why we put pictures up there because we know we look good. So we want somebody else to say, girl, you look good. And they're talking about you behind your back. Who show pictures? You show pictures because they look good, but you don't show your ugly pictures. I don't see nobody showing no ugly pictures. You show all the pictures that doctored up. Oh, I'm stirring up something. We're going to root it up from the rooter to the tutor. Because it ain't nothing but the truth. If you didn't look at Facebook, you can come up with what God wants. Not what everybody is doing. We don't want to be copycats of people. We want to be copycats of God. And the only way you can be copycats of God is shutting everything else down. Try it and see. You'll hear God more. So that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. God told them, told Adam, do not eat from that tree. The day you eat from that tree, he said, you're going to surely die. He said, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm, I'm about truth. So when he got that woman, the woman wasn't told by God. She was told by her husband. Adam got the command. That's why he was headship. He got the command. So then Eve, she listened to the enemy. Y'all know what happened. She ate. She gave to Adam. Adam ate because they were one. Adam knew it was wrong, but he took it anyway. So we know sin entered the world. It was so much evil in the world that need to be dealt with because God hates sin. Sin separated us from God. And if y'all notice, we got so much evil in the world today that Y'all, I never seen crime like I have seen it before going on YouTube. All over the world, y'all, it's a crime somewhere. It's women that, that are dying daily. Never knew this. Never knew these crimes in these different areas, one behind another. What was the cause of the crime? Women lonely and wanting a man. Then they invite the man in and want to be a helper to that man because that man may have lost something. And they're thinking, I got something that I can give that man. And the man end up shooting her and her 10-year-old son. Shot the son six times. Shot her three times. Because she told him to turn the television. A man that she thought that loved her. Then another woman in Charlotte, going to Charlotte to meet her boyfriend. Been going with him for a year. He killed her. They just found her body over a month. Come on, y'all, it's crimes. Then you have another girl. Girls, women that are getting shot, that are getting beat up and abused because they're looking for a man because they're lonely and they're going to these dating sites trying to let people, trying to man on a dating site, trying to hook up on Christian.mingle.com, whatever you call it. 
Everybody that's good ain't good. God said everything that look good ain't good. They're calling evil good and good evil. Bitter, sweet and sweet, bitter. And you pull, women pull men because they say that man loved me. He treated me so good. But then why would he kill you? Or kill somebody else? This comes through social media, y'all. Come on, let's wake up. And that's why God gave me this. Occupy till I come. Now, Jesus, when God brought Jesus forth, God brought him forth. And um, what is it? The scripture that says um, it's in Galatians. At the appointed time, I'm paraphrasing it. Jesus came forth. But when Jesus come forth, his mind was set on what God wanted him to do. And Jesus finished what God wanted him to do. Jesus came to seek and save those that were lost. Jesus knew that he had to give up his life for our lives due to sin. So Jesus paid the price that we couldn't pay. He paid the price of redemption because we couldn't pay it. So Jesus finished it because he said it is finished. So what did Jesus do after he finished? Before he went to be with the father, I want y'all to catch this. He got his disciples he chose, it was a lot of disciples, but out of those disciples, he chose 12 apostles. He had a lot of followers. He had a lot of learners. He had some that even turned back from him because of some of the things that he said. But Jesus, at the end, he taught them. After he taught them, after he raised them up, after they were learners of him, Jesus went to be with the father and the Bible says when he went to be with the father, he sat on his right hand. He sat down. Why did he sit down? Because the work was finished. Jesus could sit down. Now, when they were in the temple, they did not sit down because they were steady doing killing animals. They were steady sprinkling the blood. They could never sit down because it was never finished. But Jesus, he died once and for all, for all sins. And he sat down with the father. So that's what that verse is talking about. Jesus, he was the nobleman. He went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. He was right back with the father. He sat right beside God on that throne at his right hand. Right hand mean power and authority and dominion. And then Jesus said, even though I'm sitting here with the father, he said, I am going to return. This is why he said in John um, 14, remember, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And where I go, you will go also. If you believe, da-da-da-da, I'm going to prepare. Let me read it. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, would would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, listen at this, I will come again and receive you to myself That where I am, there you may be also. So Jesus said, I'm going to be with the Father. He said, but I am going to return. But before Jesus left, he gave these servants. It was ten servants. He gave them ten pounds. He gave them one. It was ten servants. He gave them a pound apiece. And he told them, he said, I want you to occupy till I come. That means I want you to do business I want you to trade with what I have given you. Oh, y'all, this is so good. All of us in this room that are born again, that have accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, meaning that you're my master, you're my Lord. God, whatever you would have for me to do, that's what I would do. So Jesus gave each one of them a, a pound, and he said, I want you to go do business until I come. That means that... You got to keep doing it until I come. None of us know the time nor the hour that Jesus is going to return. But whatever he has put in your hands to do, and the first thing that he has put in our hands to do is the Great Commission. I'm going somewhere because we got a lot of people out here that are doing things that God didn't tell you to do. You're grabbing hold to things, and I'm going to say it. Some people are grabbing hold because they're on Facebook 
seeing people preaching and teaching and lying and they're trying to be prophets like they're prophets or they're trying to go get a church because this person got a church or they're trying to have classes because this person is having classes or they're trying to write books because this person is writing books but if that's not what God has given you to do that's the work of the flesh That is not the spirit and it ain't going to move. It ain't going to go nowhere. It ain't going to do nothing. It's not going to succeed because the spirit of the living God is not going to be upon that mess. So he gave each one of them what he wanted them to do. So God said, I want you to start with the great commission. Now it says in Matthew 28, 19 through 20, he said, go therefore and make disciples. King James says, teach. Now, this is where people get it mixed up at. People use that verse when it says, go therefore and teach. They don't break it down in Greek to know that means disciples. They're thinking that he's saying, go out there and teach. He ain't told you that. He said, go and make disciples. He's telling his apostles. He's telling the other disciples. He said, now, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you to go and make learners, learners and followers of me. There's a problem with that. How can we go make disciples when we haven't been discipled? Let me say it again. How can you go out there and get a church and say, God has called you to be a pastor and you never been discipled? Somebody just whispered in your ear, oh, you a pastor. You be speaking that word. You be quoting that word. That don't mean they no pastor. The devil can quote the word and twist it. So they got people out there. I'll never forget. I'm seeing young kids. They'll raise up young kids under pastors. And what these kids learn, I'm going to tell you now, a young child will mimic you. They'll do exactly what you do. And it grows up in them. So they get these young kids that start out two and three years old and on up. And they be mimicking the pastor. So it was this young boy that was growing up and and he was always mimicking the pastor. So they say, you know, he got a call on his life. I don't doubt that he did. But you cannot teach a child like to look like somebody, to act like somebody, or have them hanging around somebody that don't have it together themselves. So they had the child behind the pulpit, and me and this other lady had to come in, and we had to do something, and the little boy had to do something. The little boy knew how to manipulate. So this is what he told them, I want to be last. Y'all know why he wanted to be last? Because he wanted to turn the place out. With our hugs and, uh, and Jesus said, uh, so when he got up there, he said, I know him as my lawyer. I said, when you been locked up? I know him as my doctor. I know him as this and I know him as that and doing everything and saying everything that that pastor ever said and the church is going wild. And me and the other lady sitting there saying, I ain't clap. I said, you think I'm going to join in? With that foolishness, and it ain't about the father's business. But, come on y'all, the majority of us have went with that foolishness. Come on, but we got to learn what the word of God says, and we got to do what the word of God tell us to do. And if we do it according to him, we can stand before him and hear, well done. My good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. So he said, I want you to go therefore and make disciples so you cannot make a disciple if you haven't been discipled. We got a lot of people that are going out here trying to offer salvation and don't know what it is. And then he said, Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
And he said, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. How can you teach somebody something that you've never been taught? How can you teach? Ask your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. How can you teach somebody something you have not been taught? And say, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Some of y'all are being taught, but not showing up. Neighbor. Oh, neighbor, some of y'all are showing up and still ain't acting like you've been taught. I am. Throw, throw something at me. So what's happening is people all over the place trying to tell somebody something that they haven't grasped, something they don't understand, something that they don't have revelation on themselves. So they're going out trying to take it into their hands, trying to be demon slayers, and God said, you can't mess with that because you don't know nothing about that. Trying to prophesy because they saw somebody else doing it. And I remember this very same person went on a mission with somebody that had come to the house. And this person was a person that could spot a demon far off because that was her calling. That was her anointing. That's the place that God had put her in. That's the place she had to occupy until he come. Outside of the Great Commission. So they went with her and they saw how she operated so to come back and try to operate like she operated didn't work because they weren't taught they weren't trained according to the word of God we got some people trying to occupy something that God hasn't given you that he hasn't placed in your hand quit trying to act like somebody else and God ain't called you to what he called them to do nobody can be me Because if God didn't call you to the place he called me, get out of my lane. So when I rebuke you, don't get upset because that's not your lane. You in my lane, you're going to get run over. Do you hear me? Stay in your lane. Stay in the anointing that God has on your life. You don't want to go through what I have went through to get where I am. I don't see nobody that has left the job. Hello, somebody. Come on, God, know the weight that you can carry. He put no more on you than you can bear. He won't do it. God know how he can trust you with what he put in your hand because it's already written about me. He know when I'm going to throw in the towel or when I think I'm going to throw in the towel and then I pick it back up because the Lord began to minister to me, not waiting on somebody else to minister to me, but taking the time to say, speak, Lord, because your servant need to hear you today. Come on, don't put yourself in the place of a pastor and you can't even go up to somebody and reconcile with them. You can't go to a person and tell them they're in error and that's not true. You cannot be a pastor. You can get up and teach, but you can't confront a person and say, you know what? I need to confront you on this in love. The Bible says speak truth in love. It's easy to confront a wife or a husband, but when you got to confront somebody in a congregation, you back off of them, but you can stand up to your wife and husband and tell them they got a demon and you got a church full of them. Something's wrong with that picture. My husband know me. You know me, right? If I tell him something, I done told you. Hello, somebody. If I'm like this on this pulpit, how am I at home? Hmm. I'm an open book. 
Thank you, Brother Willie. See, love lets you know when you're wrong. See, a good pastor is going to love their sheep. See, that's why God knows what to put in people's hands, y'all. But the thing that he has put in all of our hands is the great commission. And that's where I'm going to stay right here today because when I saw all of these murderers, all of this stuff that's going on, my heart just melted. And I began to cry out to the Lord and I said, Lord, what's wrong? I said, was it somebody that could have prevented this lady from getting murdered or this lady or this child? God, what's going on? God, you gave us gifts of the spirit. So God, did somebody warn them? Did somebody tell them? I believe that could have happened. But the Lord began to share with me. It may be people that you have not talked to or If you haven't, somebody have. But the biggest thing that they can give them is Jesus. So no matter what happens in their life, they will always have a home. They'll always be part of the kingdom of God, whether they're living or whether they're dead. That's the best gift that you can give them is eternal life. So no matter what goes on in their life, no matter if a sneak attack come, they will be with me. They will live forever. He said, this is what's happening now. People are running their mouth, but they're not occupying it. They're not doing the commission. We go to work. We run our mouths. We come home. We do the norm. But who have you witnessed to? Miracle Temple, you have no excuse. You're learning discipleship. You're learning what you need to be doing as a disciple. And if you turn your heart back to him, you ain't going to let nobody get past you because the spirit is going to give you an unction and say, say hello to that person today. Don't walk by that person. I want you to speak to that person. And as you begin to speak, first thing is obedience. Not, they don't speak to me. Well, I need to speak to them. I've been here 20-some years and ain't never said nothing to me, so why should I say so? Because I told you to speak to them. So as you speak and you begin to introduce yourself and you say, you know what, forgive me. I've been here for this long and I've been walking by you and that's not acceptable. Hello, I'm so-and-so. All of a sudden, a light come on. Their heart begin to change because what they thought about you, you stepped in and it changed what they were thinking. So then as you begin to talk and as God begin to lead you to tell them about yourself. See, I've been in this situation. This is how I met somebody in this church that's been with me for 20 some years. I didn't like the person. And the reason why I said I didn't like them ain't in a main way. I didn't like how they talked to people and how they would come at people. So I didn't want to mess with that person. But one day as I was walking past a place where they were working, the spirit of the Lord said, I want you to stop right there. And I want you to begin to say hello to that person. That hello ended up telling my business. Went back to my seat. I said, oh, Lord, I opened my mouth too much, but I had peace with it. From that point on, that person began to come to me. That was my assignment. When God gave me that assignment, when he commissioned me with that person, people that I thought that were Christians turn on me. They turn on me because they made it a black thing and a white thing. God ain't about color. He's not. People made it about color. God did not make it about color. God is black. God is white. God is Mexican. God is everything. We need to quit making it about color. So as I begin to minister to her and tell her about Jesus, we got close. And God began to do a work in her. I'm talking to somebody in this place. We got to start with the Great Commission. We got lost people.
people out here, Jesus came seeking to save those that are lost. We got our minds so much on me, myself, and I. People are dying and don't even know Jesus because we too worried about what we don't have. When we gonna have it? I'm by myself. Nobody don't like me. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. And you got eternal life. And don't even know what you got. And these people out there lost. We don't want them to die in their sins because God says he wants all people to what? Be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. He don't want nobody lost, y'all. He's our father and our father is telling us his heart. That's the heart of God. God said, I don't care what they do, how they do it, when they do it, where they done it. He said they are lost and I want them to be found. And the only way they can be found is by you going out there and ministering the good news, the gospel, what Jesus came to do. But we are time wasters because our minds are on ourselves. Then the Bible tells us, I love this one. I pray this every day. And every morning I get up, I say, God, you said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Send your labors out in the midst of the harvest. And I bind the hands of the enemy where he will blind the minds of the unbelievers, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel on the day. Send your labors today. Because I know I'm only one person. You may only be one, but we are sending by our mouths, by what the scripture is saying. So every day I pray this because God said the harvest is plentiful. Now let me say this. We got pastors in competition. They don't want people to grab more people than them. So some pastors have gotten into gambling with people. They were in my church first. No, they were in my church first. When you take them and I take them. It ain't about nobody taking nobody. It's where God want them to be. God know what they need. And if everybody would work together, everybody would get what they need. It ain't about me owning nobody. Everybody belong to God. And wherever God want them to sit, that's where they're going to sit based upon what's being taught. I want to be taught. I want to know what the word has to say to me when I'm in trouble. I want to know what God is really saying, y'all, for real. I ain't about trying to get people to get money. I'm about carrying out what God has given me to carry out. So it said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Then I like this scripture, Romans 10, 14 through 15. It's talking about Israel and how Israel, they was trying to become right by themselves. They had a form, you know, trying to be righteous outside of God, outside of accepting Jesus. They felt like they were in the right place. But I love this. How then should they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Let me break this down. A preacher is somebody who proclaims. You do not have to have license to proclaim the good news, y'all. You got ministers out here today that's telling people, you can't do this because you no minister. But if I'm teaching you what the word of God says, and I'm showing you how to carry out what the word of God says, you do not have to have a title to do it. Disciples are followers of Jesus Christ. They are learners of Jesus Christ. If I teach you how to baptize somebody, I may not be there to do the baptism. But if they come to your house and you've been taught the right way, you got a tub, don't you? Dip them. You're going to let them go if they say, "Um, what's stopping me from being baptized? Don't you have a tub? Isn't that what happened to um, Philip? What's stopping? 
giving me all this water? What's stopping you from baptizing me? It don't have to be a preacher because if you got a tub in your house and you've been trained the right way as a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm going to welcome you into the water. I'm going to dip you. I'm going to submerge you, not dip you. You're going to go under there and you're going to come out. But you're going to be taught the right way. See, we're getting things so messed up because some people want to feel important. Feeling like I'm the only one that can do it. The devil's a lie. You're supposed to train. You're supposed to raise up. You're supposed to show people what the word of God is saying. Then he said, and how shall they hear without a preacher? So I'm going to clear this up. You do not need a certificate to go out and proclaim. That's why you need to be taught about what Jesus done and you proclaiming, you preaching. And it says, and how shall they preach unless they're sent? I'll send every last one of you if I'm teaching you know you're right. Go on out, get out. Don't stay in here, get out. The harvest is plentiful, the labors are few. You're going to be a labor today. Go on out there. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So he's telling us, this is what we supposed to do. This is why, and I'm going into this right here. Second Corinthians 6, 1. I want y'all to know this. We then are workers together. We're doing this together with him. So we're workers together with him. That means that we're all a part of the body of Christ. Every joint supply. Why do I say stay in your lane? Because with the body, you have the fingers, you have the toes, you have everything you need for this body to function, right? And this hand need this other hand, right? Your leg need the other leg. You need two, right? So in the body of Christ, everybody has a position, Everybody has a talent. Everybody has something that God has equipped them to do. We don't want to butt heads. You want to stay in that gifting, that talent that God has given you so we can work together with him. We are ambassadors. We are representatives of Jesus Christ. Ain't no big you, little you. We are one in him. That mean that God set people in the body of Christ the way he needs to set them. We don't just set ourselves in a place because we see some, well, you know, she's an apostle. I believe I'm one too. You sure will find out. See, everybody want to be called a pastor, but you don't want to do the duties of a pastor. Y'all, it's so funny how tradition is. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Listen at this right here in 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you have received a gift to use to serve others. Do y'all hear that? Be good servants, stewards, managers of God, various gifts of grace. So each of us have received a gift to serve others. We don't want to grab something that does not belong to us because we will not operate well in something that don't belong to us after a while it will look good it will smell good it would look like you think it should look but it will crash you got a lot of people that's opening up churches that god did not call to open up churches and what they're using they're using prophets they're using prophets saying i'm a prophet they're using a familiar spirit to tell people stuff to sound like it's true when it is not it appear to be true but it's not from god people go to churches for people to speak over their lives so they can continue to be lazy that's not what miracle temple is about miracle temple is is set here to root up to tear down to build up and to plant, but to also teach you your giftings and your calling. Miracle Temple, God has set within the surrounding areas to put people in a place of where they know they need to be and raising them up in that place so they can go out and do what God has called them to do. So God know what you can handle. He know what you need to be doing for such a time as this. The first thing is this great commission. But you need to learn how to be a disciple 
of Jesus Christ. Now, understand this. He's not going to send you out without being equipped. And that means follow Jesus. Jesus had to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost in order to do the work of the ministry. And they saw the proof from that. In Jesus' lives, they saw people healed. They saw people delivered. They saw people set free. They saw Jesus operating in these gifts. So, but those gifts are operated as the Spirit wills. It's not as you will. It's not as you stand up here and say, oh, they're kind of quiet in here. Let me think. Oh, Toya, I see, I see. Toya, Toya, I see. Oh, yeah, I see. Do you see it, Toya? I know I see it, Toya. I see, I saw you, Toya. Oh, I saw you. Trying to feel Toya out. That's not God. You got to know the difference. This is why you have to be put, and I'm going somewhere. The first thing is to be learners, is to be taught um, followers of Jesus Christ. So that means that God has to put you under someone, under a pastor. Under the fivefold, so you can be taught the things of God, so you'll know how to go in, so you'll know how to come out. Everybody's not a pastor, everybody's not an evangelist, everybody's not a prophet, everybody's not an apostle, everybody's not a teacher. People can teach, but that don't mean they're a teacher. So, see, that's why you got to be taught the difference. See, that's why in Clem, we're teaching you everything that you need to know so you can go out, so you will be well equipped and doing the things of God. And another thing with being taught, when I get back to the baptism, I'm going to roll as the Holy Spirit tell me. When he said, go out, make disciples, and he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. A disciple is a learner of Jesus Christ. A disciple is someone that's born again. A disciple is someone that have accepted Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior. A disciple is one that can be baptized, submerged under that water. If you're living a life outside of Christ, you're going to go under that water as a demon and come out another demon. You do not baptize people in their mess. People better know the difference. Some people are getting baptized and don't even know nothing about salvation. They're just doing it because they look good. You know, they they joined the church. Now we're going to baptize you. You can't even join a church being unsaved. You can't. People got people in church on as members and they're not even saved. They say, have you accepted? What's that? How long you been going to that church? 20 years. And you don't know Jesus who that? You can't do that. These are things that people are learned about because they're looking at more members and more money than they're looking at the souls. So the thing is, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Did y'all hear some? He didn't say all, did he? He said some. For the equipping of the saints, y'all hear that? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. That's their jobs. For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to be a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now here's the key. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Do y'all hear that? That's, that's the part that the fivefold play. Everybody cannot be part of the fivefold. Just because you see the way I operate and you say, oh, I can do that. I'm an apostle. So you want to be an apostle, then a prophet come up in here. And a familiar spirit speaking that uh, prophet. Oh, you an apostle. I told you. You have to be careful. And anything that God give you is it's ministry of helps. It's ministries, it's a gift of help, it's a gift of um, giving, it's a lot of um, gifts in the body of Christ. You got to know where you fit. If that is your gift, then don't be going over there trying to be a teacher because you're seeing somebody teaching so well. There's a difference. And whatever God put in your hand, 
You want to make sure you carry it out, whatever God put in your hand. That means you got to be disciplined. That means that you got to learn yourself what the word of God is saying before you're trying to teach somebody something you don't know. That means that whatever God give you, you want to carry it out to completion. You don't want to be lazy with it. This is why me in the position that I'm in and God took me through every one of those fivefold positions, those callings, those giftings. I know that I'm not going to leave things just any kind of way. I'm giving my whole heart to it. If nobody show up, I'm going to show up. Why? Because God has given me that gift. I want to make sure that things are done the way they need to do. I'm seeing some people just take the, take the position, but don't do the work. You want a title, but you don't want to do the work. That means you got to show up when nobody show up. That means you giving when nobody is giving. That means that you're doing what everybody else don't do. That's why you need to be discipled first. Then you get to, in the body of Christ, you have deacons. Deacons are the ones that serve. Deacons are the one that be there to lift up the pastor's hands that wherever the pastor can't be, the deacon fill in that spot. Wherever I can't be, if I say the deacons, I need for you to carry this out for me, that's supposed to be available to carry it out so it won't be a burden. See, you got to know all of these positions and how they roll, and then you'll know what to do instead of me looking you in your face and say, um, excuse me, could you tell me why that was not done? I didn't know I was supposed to do it. See, when you have a position and you're getting taught that position, you're supposed to be in the word of God studying to show yourself approved and asking God, God, I need more development in that area. Come on, somebody. And nobody have to call you all the time. Nobody have to tell you what to do and how to do it because you own it. You don't miss it. Then people get mad because you own it and they ain't own it. So they're making you look bad because they didn't do what they Come on, somebody. What has God given you? What has God placed in your hand for you to carry out? That's supposed to be above because it's God's work. Whatever you find your hands to do unto the Lord, you're supposed to do it with all your might. God has given you the ability to do it. He said, occupy until I come. We're supposed to carry it out in love. Everything we do is supposed to be in love because God is love. You know, with me being in ministry, y'all, God had to break me to make me. He had to put me in a place that I didn't know that the devil was there himself, just waiting. And when he broke me down on my job, he had to teach me how to love people that wasn't lovable. He had to teach me how to say I'm sorry when I ain't done nothing wrong. That was humility. He had to teach me how to stay in a position where I was the one getting hurt all the time. Why? He had to break me to make me to put me behind this pulpit to know how to deal with other folk. But people don't want to be broken. They always complain. Well, why they make me do it? They didn't make this one do it. Because God is breaking you to make you. Just give God glory that you're able to do it. That you can walk. That you can talk. That you can have use of your hands and your mind. Come on, somebody. We need to quit complaining. But the funny part is, why is the work of the world getting done more than the work of God? I can tell you, people go to work, they want that money. So they're going to do all they can do to get that check. The moment they call you in there and they discipline you and say, you're doing good in this area, but this area right here, you could do better. And when you do better in this area, then I can see you getting a raise. How many going to master that area? Come on, somebody. How many going to master that area? Because you saying, in order for me to get an extra dollar, I got to do better. I'm going to come on time. I'm not going to be late. I'm going to do what they tell me to do because they're going to give me more for what I do. You master that area. But the whole problem is your heart ain't in it. And you're going to fall short because of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. So Jesus was teaching them. He said, I want you to occupy whatever I have put in your hands. He said, I want you to occupy. I want you to work what I have put in your hand until I return. And Jesus will return. There's another scripture that say this, and I don't know if some people are aware aware of this. Go to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. 
And this is talking about um, Paul. And it's talking about Apollos. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. And what they were doing, some of them was for Paul and some of them was for Apollos. And this is what Paul did. And this is what I like so much about Paul. He said this. Who then is Paul in the third chapter, verse 5? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. Y'all get it? And each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Do y'all know whatever God put in your hand, you're going to be rewarded by what he put in your hand? It ain't going to be based on somebody else. It's going to be based on what he put in your hands. Then it goes on to say, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And then he's talking about how he laid the foundation. Paul was an apostle. Paul laid the foundation of Jesus Christ. When he laid that foundation, others would build upon what he has laid. There's no other foundation but the foundation of Jesus Christ. And this is why people are building upon that foundation wrong doctrine. So Paul was saying here, everybody is going to stand before God. And look at this. I like this part. Go over here to verse... 11, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now listen at this. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare, declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone work, which he has built. On it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so through fire. Let me give you an example. If I'm over here doing something that God did not call me to do, when I stand before God, I'm not going to be rewarded for that. That's fleshly work. But if I stand before God and I'm carrying out what he would have me to carry out, y'all, I'm going to get a reward. This is why I want to stick to what God has given me. I don't want to build upon something that God has not given me to do because it's fleshly work. We got a lot of people doing fleshly work and working so hard and it ain't working because you're not doing what God has called you to do. So the first thing we need to do is the commission. We need to be learners of Jesus Christ. We need to be disciples. We need to be equipped. He's not going to send us out there unequipped. He didn't send his disciples. I'm not going to send nobody out there that's not equipped, that don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that do not believe in the fivefold, the apostles. If they say they went away with um, Jesus, with the other apostles, I'm going to say, well, you know, you need to see it. I can't send you out there with false doctrine. So this is why you have to have you know, places that you can go into to be taught the things of God the right way. And whatever you feel like you're called to do, I'm telling you, it will come out of you. God will show up and show out through you. Like Sister Denise, when I first met her, I watch people. And I watch them and I talk to the Lord about them to know what they need to do and how they need to do it. Some people did not understand why I did what I did. Because I knew the call. I knew where God placed her. I knew where God wanted her to be. So how could I hold that gift when God is saying, put the gift where it need to be? Because she got in her to carry out what I need to be carried out. So you don't have to be carrying that area. People get mad when they see people flowing, when they see people doing things. And they come up with, did she have to be taught more? Yes, she did. Did she have to go through things more? Yes, she did. Do she still go through things? Yes, she does. Do I get on her more? Yes, I do. You may not know it, but she knows it. So this is why God put people where they need to be put. And guess what? God getting ready to do some more rearranging. 
And the reason why, because we want to make sure people are where they need to be. But the problem is people are putting things before God. And I always told my husband, I ain't saying nothing. I'm just going to do it. You know why I can do it? Because I done been through all of it. God took me from the bottom and raised me up to the top. He took me from being a doorkeeper, cleaning the church. I was all over everywhere, y'all. I was on the choir. I was singing. I was doing the money. Is that not right, Pamela Bannerman? I remember Pam saying, you won't let me do nothing. Wouldn't let nobody do nothing because God was raising me up to do it. So that way I can raise others up in those places to let them know it's nothing too hard for God. Wherever God puts you, if you put your heart to it, it wouldn't take you as long to do it. Stubbornness got to get out the way. Rebellion got to get out the way. Jealousy got to get out the way. Envy got to get out the way. Offense got to get out the way. That's why you can't flow in the gift that God got you because you're feeling rejected. See, this is why he placed you in a place. To get you fit for where God is carrying you, where God is taking you, y'all. Me and my husband have been through financially, been through physically, been through the ringer. And I'm pretty sure some of y'all have too. But for us to get where we are today, tell me again, how many people is just going to quit your job and come into ministry and don't know who God is going to place up under you? Can I get some witnesses no retirement no 401k none of that stuff y'all have set up who gonna do it I don't hear nothing who gonna do it See, when you're where you need to be in the position you need to be in, you always look to him. Because you know he got your back. You know he put you there. And if he put you there, he already made provision for you to be where you are. The problem in the body of Christ is people have gotten lazy. They're putting God on the back burner. The only time some people put God to the front is if they're doing something and want to add him in with it. I have seen people can grab hold to something that they want to do and the money come out the woodwork. Come out cracks, come out everywhere, come up with ideas. But when it comes to the church and the church is doing something, everybody broke now. Can't find no money nowhere. Everybody just don't have it. If I had it, you done told another lie. But soon as something happened in your house, you're taking the time, our Father, which I in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Can I get on earth? Can I get on earth? As it is in heaven. See, Willie agreeing with me, he know. <laughs> See what I'm saying? God, give me this day the daily bread I need to do what I need to do, God. You don't want to be made ashamed of. God, I told him it was going to be a great thing. Now, God, I don't want to be made ashamed of. So send the people from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. We can do it. I know we can, huh? We can do it. Uh-huh. I know we can, huh? God, because you're going to do that thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Going to get a witness? Mm, yeah. And you done boosted yourself up to get it done, and then you're telling people, oh, girl, that was beautiful. To God be the glory. Now the church is having an event. Don't see nobody. Not even the one that say, to God be the glory. What happened? God is on the back burner. Then we got some that do it, but don't want to do it, but do it so nobody won't look at them differently if they don't do it. Y'all know I rooted up. Whatever God has placed in your hands, 
you're going to be held accountable upon his return to say, did you do what I have left for you to do? Remember, he gave one, five. He gave one. No, was it five? And then he gave another one, two, and he gave one, one. The one with five gained five more. The one with two gained two more. The one with one hit it because they were afraid. So what are you doing? How can God entrust you with more if you ain't doing nothing with what you got? We got a lot of people saying, why you get her that? I've been here for this long. You ain't giving me nothing because you ain't doing nothing with what I gave you. I ain't seen no progress in what you're doing. So how can you tell me to give you something else? You're going to be happy with it for about two weeks and then you're going to put that down. There go two things you didn't do. Occupy until I come. Whatever God has given you, you need to be seeking him and saying, God, you have put this in my hand, and for that I give you glory. I give you honor for choosing me to be the best I need to be to bring forth glory to you and not myself. Anything you're doing in the flesh, I'm going to tell you all today, it won't work. It won't work because I tried it in the beginning of ministry. And it did not work. And when I told God, show me how you want me to do and that's what I'll do. And it's been working for 23 years. Now I know that's God. So we need to hold on to what God has given us. And as we use that the way God wants us to use it, he's going to give us some more because he trusts us with that. I met somebody the other day in closing. And they looked at me and they say, oh, you're that preacher up that way, pointing by the school. I say, yeah. And they looked at me and they said, oh, you, you came to our church. And they told me where the church was. Of course, I didn't remember. And I remember you, but your pants. I wore pants. They were so stuck on my pants. They couldn't receive what God had. To be brought to them. And it took me back to the Garden of Eden. They were naked. Didn't have on no clothes. Because when all of us leave here, God ain't coming back for your clothes. He's coming back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. So if she missed what God was saying because of my pants, and she still remember pants instead of remembering the word of God, she got an issue. That's traditions of men that make the word of God a none effect. We want to make sure we're doing what God has called us to do. And y'all, we will do it well because God is not going to be made ashamed of. So everything you do, I'm going to say today, do it until the glory of God and it will not fail. You will have some persecution. You will have people to come out against you, but there's no failure in God. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Do we have any visitors today that would like to stand? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.